kicking off Friday night in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to Hand of Pod. So, 400 and... <laughs> shit, 436? Why not? Yeah. Sure. Does that sound right? Yeah. A high number. Which, 436, which <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> of Hand of Pod. I really should have looked that up. God, I was talking about looking professional in front of the listener today as well. Um, I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined by English Dan. Hello. Andres. Hello, welcome. Tony. Hello. And very special guest, Perfect Tommy. Hello. Don't know what your last name is. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> joining us live in Dan's living room. From, well, live from the other seat in Dan's living room, but you've come over from Texas. Yes. If I'm looking at your Twitter bio correctly. I'm not looking at it right now. Um, welcome to Buenos Aires. Thank you. It's good to be here. We will get in in more detail to what you're doing here and how much fun you've had so far in the 36 hours since you landed a bit later. Um, but first of all, let's go through the normal meat and potatoes of the podcast. Uh, that begins with scores from last weekend, which went as follows. Gimnasia 2, Godoy Cruz 0, Sarmiento 2, Lanús 1. Uh, Sarmiento playing just now as well in this That's weekend's confusing. matches, so I was just checking that I wasn't hallucinating. Banfield 0, Patronato 0, Arsenal 3, Atletico Tucumán 1, Barracas Central 0, Racing 0. I'm seeing some of these scores for the first time. You'll have to apologise. Uh, you have to forgive my laugh. The, the giggles were, were merited. Uh, Union 2, Belles 1, Tacheres 2, Argentinos 0, Boca 2, Platense 1, Aldo Civi 0, Huracan 1, San Lorenzo 0, Estudiantes 0, Independiente 0, River 1, Newells 0, Colón 0, Central Córdoba 1, Defensa Justicia 0, and Tigre 3, Rosario Central 1. Uh, the 13th round of matches has already started because Monday is, I forget exactly what feriado, but it's one of the approximately 200 days off that we get in Argentina each year. Uh, I say we. I don't work to the Argentine work calendar, so not me. But, well, I think uh, any of us here get them, do we? Having I said do. That, I, you get feriados? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh. Having said that, I do have Monday off anyway, but that's just because Monday's my day off uh, each week. So. Anyway, for some reason there are no matches on Monday, uh, so the uh, 13th round of matches started, as we record, last night, which is Thursday night, because this will be going online probably on Saturday. Um, and so far, those have gone Godoy Cruz 2, Aldo CB 0, Colón 1, Arsenal 1, Atletico Tucumán 1, Central Córdoba 0. Those are all from yesterday, and... As we speak, literally as I was reading out those scores, uh, Huracan have just taken a 3-1 lead against Sarmiento. That's nine minutes into the second half. And Platense versus Banfield is currently 1-0 to Banfield, uh, if we can believe Sofa score, which, um, well, as we were discussing on WhatsApp yes, the, yesterday, the, the one who scored the, that goal was <coughs> former Russian striker, Maxi Guadra. Yes, Maxi Guadra. Ah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, we can't always believe Cypher score, but for, when it comes to live scores, they're oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's in theory, they're, they're pretty reliable yep. unless they decide that something shouldn't count or somebody gets a bit overexcited and puts out a goal update when <laughs> nothing at all has happened in the match, as sometimes happens with the games I'm looking at. Um, anyway, gents, from last weekend, what stood out to you? Start with the, the Classico of the Red. Seems a... Sure, go for it. What, which was this? Off? River beating Independiente. Of course, right, yeah, okay. In Falcioni's second debut in charge of Independiente. And third time third. in total he's there. Yeah. Third debut, sorry. Um, and it was a very Falcioni performance from what I saw from Independiente. Yeah, except that they didn't grind out the result. Yeah, uh, but they came close to, what was it? 94th minute, 92nd minute, Something that like like Matias Suarez finally managed to uh, to break the wall down. Um, so, good for River, I guess. Dull match, pretty dull match. The only, of course, and, and a great uh, emotion of the match was that, uh, especially for River supporters, uh, having won a match that was, uh, if, if it wasn't for him, we haven't it been Lille and it was perhaps deserved. Because mm. uh, River showing that what what I I uh, have been telling recently, like irregular uh, performances, uh, the the new players are still in the mood of uh, giving the the team the uh, higher quality or the the, the perhaps uh, uh, regular performances that make the the team uh, play better and, and is like immersed in that in that uh, situation uh, but well they they play against Independiente who are bet worse than them yeah and I think if there's one thing you can't do against this river team in particular it's just sit back and defend because it's been shown that if you get at river counter and, and get forward you're going to get a couple of goals because their offence has been less than optimal in um, in recent months mm. but Apparently Independiente tried to do that early on. Um, I didn't see the start of the match, I must admit, but all I saw of the match was a lot of men behind the ball and uh, Mildon Alvarez, the Independiente Libre, who's just coming now for Sebastián Sosa, being very busy. And it always felt like a case of when rather than if River were going to get the goal. And, and they did in the end. And I think they have one disallowed earlier or, or a good penalty call ruled out or something like that like in class. Well, there was a penalty that was ruled out by VAR yeah, on yes I've seen Palo Vecino that's the one yeah. left. I because can't remember it, what it was about but just it's outside the area possibly something like that ah uh, yeah that sounds about right yes. right on the line or well not right no, on the line yeah. if it had been on the line it would have been a penalty indeed um, so yeah not an ideal start for Falcioni um, but I think he's going to pick up some points the thing, is that, at least. the thing is that in the former, in the previous round, Sarmiento did something similar that, that Falcioni did for, uh, with Independiente, and it was well for them because they beat River to one. Um, uh, you can't compare mighty Sarmiento with with Independiente. But, I mean, but we did it. But the approach, <laughs> the approach was. Or mighty Union, of course. The approach was similar with perhaps uh, ten men in the box, and trying to uh, take advantage of the the mistakes. That River usually make in defense, and they did. And in this this time, in the end, they didn't, didn't even uh, cross the, the perhaps the the, the midfield. Uh, so well, yes, it's difficult for to win a match if you don't do that. And maybe they they weren't confident enough. 
I understand why the players in the band are not confident of any plan throwing on their way, right? Mm. Like, it just shows that they, de- they don't really have a plan because they were playing that kind of football under Falcioni when he was there before. Then um, Dominguez came in and they went to a whole different kind of football, which tried at least to be expansive, more attacking. It didn't work, so now they've gone a full 180 back, so I've done the, completed the 360, and they're now playing horrible defensive football again for under Falcioni. So you're saying they did a pivot on the wingy, but... I mean, it just shows, you know, what kind of set the club's in at the moment. No sense of continuity, no. just... It's a mess. Falcioni, oh, he got some good results, or average results at least, because he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't Guardiola in his previous spell by any stretch of the imagination. Um, let's try him again, because why not? Yeah, I uh, think... Not the way to run a football club, but... I think he was, really the only, was the only coach that will say yes to Independiente right now. Very possibly, yeah. Very possibly. Who else? I mean, besides maybe uh, a coach already in, in the club, in the youth, youth system or something like that, but a senior coach, you know, I think only one that will say, yeah, I'm going to take that job and see what happens is it's probably only Falcioni. Yeah, and you have to have a bit more of a, as Dan says, more of a long-term outlook as an institution if you're going to do something like bring someone up for the youth ranks. Well, even if there was someone there, it would require at least one of the directors to go, I've got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> How about, instead of just scrapping everything we've been working towards and going in a completely different direction, we give this guy a chance. Um, and that apparently doesn't exist at the moment. So, no. there we go. Uh, in the last month, I'm slightly surprised to report that River have, including the Copa Argentina, four wins, one draw, and only one defeat. Uh, so, you know, maybe they're starting to hit some form. Uh, meanwhile, having recorded three defeats and a draw in the four matches before that, this is in all competitions, not just in the league. Um, yeah, I think it has to do with Libertadores. All the teams are still in Libertadores. Are... One of Pardon my French, but shit. It's the one team that's... <laughs> and right, right now, it's only one team, right? Yeah, but <laughs> meanwhile... One no, of that match yeah. was against Barraca Central. I, 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 that was the Copa Argentina. Yeah, the, which was easy... Is he perhaps the best match and the result set up 3 0? Then it was like uh, performances that were good, bad. It's like, uh, like you don't know whether it, it, sometime before you, you knew uh, you were at ease to say it, and, and now you, are, you aren't because you don't know. It's like a roller coaster. Yeah. I just want to say that since uh, Dan said Mikey Sarmiento is the when. Two nil, two goal, two more goals down. Yes, yeah, yeah, so well, I kind of just scored another to go four one up. With oh bloody hell, half an hour to go. Yeah, instead of being to lose, they seem to lose really badly. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feast or famine. Yes. Um, elsewhere, the uh, one of the other matches that I actually watched was San Lorenzo versus Estudiantes. Why? It was on at a convenient time. Okay. <laughs> my, my, my girlfriend is, is currently studying for a master's, which takes up a whole Saturday. So on Saturday afternoon, we have lunch together, and then I take myself off to practice pool, which means that I don't end up watching most of the matches that are on Saturday afternoons now. Um, so I end up sort of just trying to cram a little bit on Sundays and whatever else is available. And on Sunday, presumably, uh, San Lorenzo Studiantes was on, or maybe it was on when I got back from pool practice. Um, so I ended up watching it 
because I thought I've got to watch something, <laughs> one match at least that doesn't that isn't the River game this weekend, so that I can talk about it on the pod. And predictably, really, uh, it wasn't very good. Yep. It was sort of good preparation for watching Estudiantes and the Libertadores Oof. last night because Estudiantes <laughs> against San Lorenzo did almost did what Atletico Paranaense did to Estudiantes yesterday. Uh, basically, San Lorenzo completely just dominated. I mean, possession was pretty even, but apart from that, I can't understand how they didn't win, even taking into account that it's San Lorenzo. So, of course, they're not going to win. Um, that they had to settle for a nil-nil draw. Estudiantes were clearly um, placing the emphasis on getting that result in the Libertadores. That's something that, well, that Vélez also did. They threw their match away uh, in the league at the weekend. Ah. Tacheres were the only one of the three who actually won their game at the weekend. And Didn't spoiler alert, because we'll obviously talk about the Libertadores after the break, but uh, Vélez... I don't think the Vélez threw the match away. Oh, no, I don't mean actually threw it away. Oh, okay, 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 <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. Because they, they weren't going all out. Like to, Of the three that were left and that had on a knife-edge kind of Libertadores ties, uh, Tacheres were the only ones to win. And yeah. they got the worst result out of the three. I, I, I compare Vélez to River, of course. It's too early to compare both teams, but the way they, they play uh, or the... The, the, the emphasizing which yeah they, the runs between Libertadores yes, and, yeah. uh, and since Alexander Medina is at Vélez they, I, I, I see a change in mm. that way uh, stronger team in Copa, in Copa Libertadores uh, than in, in the torneo or well, the Copa de la Liga or whatever you call it yeah well I mean Vélez basically only have one chance to qualify for the next Libertadores which is win yeah, <laughs> beyond you know obviously winning, which will be really cool. And I think all that, that. <laughs> I think this is it. They they won't uh, uh, qualify to the final. Eh, I, it's I, football. I, I don't know. I mean, they're not favorites, obviously, but uh, they, they they told probably uh, to 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 Casica. Oh, you, you, well, go, all guns playing in the Libertadores and tough, for, so forgot about I don't about think the... he will be in the first leg of the semi-finals, but uh, uh, I, I, I clearly see that he, he I don't know what, what he, he might have uh, said something to the players and it, it was effective. Yeah. Uh, because the mentality which, in which, which, which they, they faced the, the matches against River, especially, and Tacheres was quite, uh, very, very different to the previous perhaps rounds or uh, matches yeah can I just chime in very quickly because I've just discovered we might have a world's first tonight in uh, Argentine football okay minutes of silence a minute of silence for dead cars oh right okay the Liga Profesional de Football announced that they would not only hold a minute of silence before all of the games but for all the games all of the games Not this just weekend. The game. No. But footballers will also be taking the knee as a sign of protest. And I mean, clearly, this is more for, you know, a sign of protest against violence against footballers rather than against dead cars, per se. When, or when, of dead when cars. did we enter the cars universe? In this do, do, you, do you want to just explain for the benefit of um, our listeners who are less, less online? Dan, and obviously don't live in Argentina for the most part. Uh, 
what this is exactly. Uh, yes, first I just want to see, because I've got one of the games and I've put it to the start, and I want to see if this actually took place in Huracan against Sarmiento. Sarmiento seemed a decent candidate to have their cars burned next after this um, this performance. Uh, it happened after Alosili's rather disastrous defeat last night. Yes, um, away to Godoy Cruz. Away to Godoy Cruz. And they found, they came back to find that uh, members of their barra had broken into the team um, parking lot mm. and set fire to about four cars um, in, with their own, in their own form of protest. Uh, and it was pretty spectacular. They it was, up, yeah. Like, I haven't seen that much explosion and um, an activity around Al-Dossiri for, for a long time. It's like oh, a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, yeah and, and a good source of warmth in Mar del Plata in the middle of winter as well. Yeah, maybe they were just cold. Yeah. I want to see if they actually did this minute of silence. We're getting agonisingly close to kickoff. Yes. Come on. This is fantastic audio content. Well, you can keep talking. I'm just um, taking the controls. There but well, it's going to be right before kickoff if they're taking the yeah. knee, isn't it? The suspense is killing me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, um, it wasn't good. We can joke about it, but players shouldn't have their cars set fire to for poor performances, even if they're out of CV level poor performances. No, indeed. Um, now they will play again. Obviously, they will play, well, or not obviously. <coughs> they will play behind closed doors uh, because of this. And the Aprevide uh, head of Aprevide said that it was a mafia thing. Well, yes, and I think he was right. And how are they going to get to training? Are they like, work something out with Uber or Seals? Or a local taxi firm? Seals. Train Seals. They're going to take yep. the Adler CV squads. Exactly. I guess they don't burn as easily because they're <laughs> already wet. Full of blubber, aren't they? Yep. <laughs> but they're wet, like, so, yeah. you know, damp. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It'll insulate as well, I guess, yeah. if you're trying to. I can't imagine. But they, you certainly couldn't strike a match. And they're probably going to bite you. No. Yeah, this is true. Um, and also, they'd probably eat you if you tried. Yeah. Um, they did. But, yeah. Anyway, I was going to say something. But it was. <laughs> oh, I've forgotten what it was. It was probably going to be another bad joke. So let's just um, move on. Sorry. Uh, top of the league are, as we said, we're going to be last week. Uh, still, Atlético Tucumán, who proves you wrong at the weekend, then proves you right last night. Exactly. Yes. Um, well, they proved me right at the weekend in a way because I did say that even if they lost, they were still going to be top because they were four points clear, and they did lose, and they're still top. Um, but they're now four points clear again, albeit Gimnasia have a game in hand. Uh, because Aldos, uh, Atletico de Guman, sorry, beat Central Cordoba 1-0 last night and Gimnasia are playing... When did Gimnasia play? On Sunday against Vélez. Oh yes, so they do. Uh, incidentally, while we've been talking, Platense have scored two goals in quite quick succession and now lead 2-1 up well, to if they don't, uh, If Gimnasia doesn't win, Atletico de Guman will be three points at least. Mm. Away and this is really it's remarkable. There's a team that could be one point behind Atletico Tucumán because it has a game in hand. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, because Ah, sorry. Just saying. It wasn't their purpose. Yeah, that's something to say. Yeah. Or Akane going third, incidentally, with the current 4 1 score, assuming the Sami had done. They didn't take the knee, though. They didn't take the knee, but they taken the. There is a minute silence, yeah. For. The, the, the four automobiles that oh, were murdered. Dearly departed Audis, yes. 
Because all footballers that, that made, there, there was a question uh, on the Kansas City current uh, social media account asking if the cars in cars will get injured or something like that. They, they will get life insur insurance or car insurance? <laughs> it's a good question. So, something for Aldo CV to think about. Yeah. That was never a minute, by the way. No, that's not a minute. It's never a minute in Argentina, anyway. No, but that was less of a minute than, than usual. <laughs> in Argentinian days. Almost never silent, either. That's no. normally the, the bad will be banging their drums during it, anyway. Um, Rest in peace, guys. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, anyway, Atletico Tucumán lost 3 1 to Arsenal. Did anybody catch it? Nine. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? Why would I do that? To because myself? they're top of the league. You fools. Yeah, but it's Honestly. a pussy team. That doesn't make no, no dedication. You know, um, it looks as if it was a. I mean, on the stats, it looks like it was quite even, but Atletico just couldn't find any shots on target. Yeah, I think that the big, the big part of Atletico to manage, and I'm fairly you did argue about it. Was it's a defense? Mm. They defend like hell. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, Union versus Vélez tell yeah. me uh, had you on for a while so tell us how and why Union are doing I'm going to be honest I'm surprised uh, I am surprised because we lost a couple of good players in, especially in the Manuelitas which was like the the captain in paper you know like the spiritual captain of the team uh, was probably the longest not the longest serving because we left to Independiente and Defensa Justicia but it's like there was the, the 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 oldest player that was actually a young supporter in the pitch and he made it feel everybody and was contagious. Um and we lost Trashansky who scored against Boca and I thought we needed another striker with um Alves being so prone uh, to injury. And we're getting good results. We are stable, we have a good starting eleven with Province kids and so far the two players are leading in a it's a too early to tell exactly you know because one of the players actually debuted against Vélez and scored uh, a Paraguayan striker though, I forgot the surname I know his, his name is Junior but I don't remember the last name um, he scored against Vélez he, he scored the, the winner um, and it seems Ma like a good deal Marabel. Marabel. Paraguayan Paraguayan ah, Paraguayan yes. yeah he was playing in uh, General Caballero in the Sudamericana mm -hmm. and looks like a good deal same vein of Alves and Wolfit Munoz kind of playing like you know having a good uh, mobile number nine they can pivot and play with the back to the to the goal and try to to help the other players to come uh, on a counter-attack um, but yeah we're still playing that way like priorities and defense Mele is still doing good things in goal uh, the kids that were promoted are still uh, cementing their way in, in, in Primera División, which is great to see. And we're showing that that grit that we were lacking in the in the Copa de la Liga, that mm. when we go down a goal or maybe to uh, didn't find a way to equalize. We did it against San Lorenzo. Castrillon from Colombia is also a really good addition. He has like five assists and a goal in six games, which yeah, is scored the, lot. Scored the equaliser. Scored the equaliser, yeah. It's really good, really good um, piece of business because it was like, I don't know, half a mil. I, I assume that Mariano Peralta Bauer has been nicknamed Jack by... We Thomas. did it, but that's a good one. <laughs> I'm going to start using it. I'm going to start using it when I'm crazy. Uh, but yeah, number 24. That's yeah. 
Uh, no, it's no, nine. It's number nine. But we should we should we should make a petition. Must try hard. Yeah, we should make a petition. Um, but yeah, it was the same against Vélez. Uh, Union started in the back foot, a little bit hesitant. Uh, clearly, the the subs of Vélez were the, the, the starters that day, given that most of the more um, senior team was rested for the second game against Tacheres. Um Scored a good goal from a set piece, but from then Union started trying to find a way to the goal, and eventually they did it. Uh, and yeah, I'm pretty happy that we have that that convinced uh, that we can equalize and win. We did it against Arsenal, like I said. We did it against Manfield. Um We are not let down by by goals, and I think that mentality is going to help us a lot. And I'm yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. Uh, who knows? Maybe we're against Argentinos is going to happen the same. And, Keep it's pushing. Sorry, sorry, Tony, but Don't it's included how, talking about Vélez, that they, they of course, uh, save players for the Copa Libertadores draw, but two of the four goals in Copa Libertadores were scored by a kid, 18 years old, who came from the bench, which is odd, but, well, it happened like that. Yeah, Julian Fernández, yeah, yeah. I think he has potential, but mm. uh, he didn't play from the beginning in both matches of, of, of Copa Libertadores. But, yes, they... Of course, it's good for Union. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. No, I take it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy that uh, that we are f- seems to have like an idea of what we're doing club wise. Uh, anyone that heard me before that that we don't do good pieces of business because we sell too low and we buy I don't know people from the second division. That I we, I I can argue that. Probably they weren't really scouted, uh, but right now seems to be happening. Uh, happening that they are trying to find the right pieces for the team. Even if we can doubt some losing Britas, for example, it always leaves a bad, bad taste in your mouth. But seems to to go in the in the right direction. And it's, it's good to see. And it's funny because it's the opposite to ha- with what was happening with Cologne. Cologne for a year or year and a half look like going to the right direction to you know be a contending team maybe not winning everything but to maybe qualify in a row a couple of times for the Libertadores with a good project and suddenly with a snap of finger it and went keeping, out keeping keeping uh, until now with Aliendro Beltran and yeah uh, I know Faria Sinder uh, uh, the goalkeeper um, Burian that now is in Vélez they have a good spine uh, that when they out of the window in like what two weeks? Yeah. No, and the and the other thing, the price of success, done, maybe. <laughs> the other thing that Union have done is in contrast to what we were just discussing a few minutes ago about Independiente. They've, they've not panicked after one underwhelming yeah. campaign, as you said. They weren't. They look pretty out of sorts during the Copa de la Liga. I can't remember exactly where they finished, but it was not. Pretty yeah, we right. we went out of gas. We we won against River the first game. We were yeah. kind of stable. Also prioritizing Sudamericana, but by the end we were like losing all the, the momentum. Mm. And now we we're going back into that, so it's, it's good to not panic, yeah? Just remind me why you've got that game in hand, because I've just looked back up the fixtures here and it's not showing up. Because there was because an accident. The bus crash. The bus crash, yeah. Oh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, it's the actually. Yeah. Yes. Uh, has that been rescheduled yet? Not yet, yeah. Okay. Um, anything else to cover, gents? We've got another... Uh, maybe the inclusion or the acquisition of uh, Argentina national team great uh, Chiquito Romero to Boca. 
That would be oh yes, that would be a good point. Yeah. Transfer news. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Dan, how are you feeling about Romero's traitorous tra- traitorship, tra- traitorosity? The snake, the snake Romero. How are you feeling about him being a massive traitor and fraud and terrible goalkeeper, and also giving Racing's training centre some presents and stuff after he signed for Boca? <laughs> Indifferent. <laughs> It's fine, like, he wasn't, you could see, you know, he wasn't going to get the call from Racing because uh, Racing already had two, two first jump, well, two decent goalkeepers, a very good goalkeeper and an alright goalkeeper. Um, they were never going to take on Romero, uh, so he decided to go to Boca, so which you... is brilliant for any, you know, any player who wants to play in Argentina. You, you don't believe Racing president Miguel Blanco, who was trying to make out that he was incredibly upset and offended that Romero yeah. had signed for Racing. <laughs> He's just trying to cover his tracks, isn't he? Mm. I mean, he had him for that long, you know, training at Racing's train, um, Racing's ground without making an offer. They didn't want him. And they just have to say that to keep the idiots happy and make the idiots get annoyed at Romero. Indeed. And uh, it's that easy, really. Have a question. Although, he, you know, he helped himself there as well, Romero. I have a, a question about it. Do you okay. think that Romero went to Boca yes. thinking having a good last shout to the national team? Uh, oh. No, I think no, you think not? A, he's just a play for a huge club, playing the Libertadores, playing... Yeah, sure. But don't, don't, you, don't you think that the Boca doesn't give you the platform and probably the media pressure? If it does result in him getting called up and being the backup to Martinez for the World Cup, then, you know, the, the bit of me that's an Argentina fan is far happier about that than about the idea of either Armani or... Um, what, Marchesin? No, Rossi. Rossi. Uh, oh. Just completely disappeared from my brain in much the same way as he's disappeared from Boca's lineup. Um, about either of them being the backup. Mm. So, from that point of view, sure, you know, he, he's... But yeah, no, I mean, I'm I think it's important. So in two months' time, too in two months' time or three months' time, what's over for? Unless he, I don't know, uh, plays for Copa Argentina and he uh, uh, saves a lot of penalties like Rossi and, and saves a lot of. And, and Boca starts to, starts to win matches because of him. And, and well, I don't know, it's, it really be, it will be a miracle, but was. My line of thinking is he could have get any other transfer. I mean, surely he's gonna be, I know, probably have an offer from MLS, for example. I don't think he didn't have one I, from I Mexico. I don't know. And just walk up for the probably media pressure about it. It could be, you know, one last push, Maybe. nothing yeah. to lose. Yeah. That, that's my. my Suspicion. I mean, unlikely, was, not impossible. I'd there say. was talk uh, from his wife a couple of weeks ago about hope he was trying to. It sounded like she was trying to angle on his behalf for a move back to United. She she, she gave an interview and said, you know, if they called him, then because obviously we're looking for a backup to. Yeah, Chicharito said the same. And we'll then, go for free. What do you think? Yeah. About that? Well, no. So, I mean, <laughs> well, at the moment, Be- before so Diego Martinez, for four, I would say, yes, please, but especially for for that money. But no, you know, like it it, it, it seemed like they were angling for something there. Just because he's looking for a contract somewhere, yeah. right? Like he, he he wants some income more than anything. I'm I guessing. think he played fifty or sixty matches in five years or something like that. Mm. And of course, 
if you take into account the, all of the teams in which he was the sub, the, 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 in the sub bench, all. even though co being called up for the national team and being the, the, the one who, who uh, the main goalkeeper before, of course, Dibu Martinez and Armani, uh, but uh, um, yes, uh, uh, if you if you uh, see that way, that well, if he didn't, doesn't need to play a lot of matches to to be called up, could be. But uh, at this point, with Martinez and, and Armani, and I don't know if it will be Marquesina, Muso, or whoever will be in the, in the third spot. Uh, it could be four. You know, there are more. Yeah. Even more Rossi will this. have deserved the call up because of the why. I don't know. I'd just I'd stick with three. If you're gonna get an extra spot, but he's a front outfield player. If you're if you're allowed, I don't know what. I will have system. even called up Rossi to be like the Dutch goalkeeper who enter into the matches for the nah, for the yeah. shelter. Well, we mentioned this in a recording a few weeks ago when you weren't here. Uh, me, me and Dan sort of suggested that and um, made the point that if you've got a goalkeeper who's as good at penalties as Martinez then you don't really need to do that. But at the same time, if you've got a goalkeeper who's as good at penalties as Martinez and you're the manager of the opposition and a tie is ticking down, it's like the 119th minute and it's going to penalties and then they go, right, Martinez, we're taking you off. We're sending this guy on who you as the opposing manager have never heard of. You're, you must, you'd be shitting yourself. You'd be like, how good is this guy at penalties if they're taking Emiliano Martinez off and replacing him with him? Well, if that happens in the World Cup, somebody, somebody exactly, needs to be fired. Yeah, it's a big gamble. Uh, and I very much doubt that it would happen. Where, where's Rossi gone now? He's left Boca, right? No, he has he's still there until the end of the year. I think. But he won't play. He could be like a substitute of of Romero for. So who's going to play on Sunday? H Javier, Javier Garcia, Garcia was yeah. the start. Oh, sorry, Rossi was on the bench, but Javier Garcia yeah. was the starting goalkeeper in Boca's um, blistering one 0 victory over Agro Agropecuario Argentino in the Copa Argentina. Uh, when was this last night? Well, blistering was the Wednesday. the kick to uh, hurt Sebastian. That was this. Have you seen it? Pardon? The, no. the, the, the vicious kick that um, a really yeah Chan Changuito. Vicious vicious kick from Leon Leon Decker yes that the uh, injured Sebastian. So now there's an outcry on, on oh, social okay. media. No, I haven't seen it. Um, I mean, it was tough, but people were reacting. It was so a uh, so bad injury that the Tribunal de Disciplina, the committee that dis decided the, the suspensions of the players, has decided that Leyendecker will have to be suspended for all the competitions, not only Copa Argentina, because of course he, the, 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 the injury was in Copa Argentina and yeah. they usually have to be suspended in that competition. Well, Just sure like the suspension Carlos Tevez got. In Boca when he uh, oh, yeah, the yeah, Argentina's sure. kid, right? Yeah. When, yeah, when injury happened. Another yeah, exemplary yeah. punishment. Yeah. Not to say there's double standards, of course. No, I was going to say, I'm sure there would have been exactly the same punishment for a River if, or Boca player committed. If a Boca player had crooked uh, an Agua Pecuario player, yes, definitely. They really, they have to get an easier name to say when you have to down your glass of yes. It's ridiculous. It's a team. Exactly, yes, we'll just call them that and everybody will know exactly who we're referring to. Um, right, shall we take a half-time break yes. and come back and talk, um, well, Libertadores? There is no Sudamericana to talk about, is there? Because we don't have any Sudamericana representatives No. Nope. Uh, so we'll talk Libertadores and Tony's here. And you know what that means? It means a far more informed opinion on the Copa, <laughs> uh, Copa America Femenina than me and Dan gave Hand the Pod Extra listeners a 
last week and which will be released by the end of the month. Uh, so don't go away. kind enough to remind me during oh. that break that we didn't talk about racing during the first half. Uh, so um, before we move on to the non-football stuff, uh, well I suppose it could be argued that this is part of the non-football stuff. Dan, how racing Definitely non-football stuff. Um, it was six days ago now. Um, it's in recovery. But I remember it like it was 50 days ago. Um, I've forgotten everything that happened in that horrible nil-nil draw uh, almost as soon as the final whistle was blown down. Just I think probably Racing's worst performance of the year. Mm. Uh, even even worse than some of those pretty terrible defeats. Uh, not good. Just couldn't get to grips with Barracas at all. Uh, didn't get a hand on the game. Barely threatened to open the score. Uh, didn't go through a whole lot of danger at the other end. Just a really terrible game of football. And hopefully in time I will finish forgetting. And we'll never speak of it again. Uh, well, that time is now because you are done speaking of it. So, congratulations. Thank you. Um, okay, now moving on to the, the off-pitch things. I've forgotten what we said we were going to talk about. There was something before the Copa America Femenina that we were going to talk about. Libertadores. Oh, yeah. So, not off-pitch, in fact, just different competition. Uh, the Copas. Uh, namely, just to make sure we've dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's, the Copa Argentina... Um, we mentioned Agropecuario versus Boca and the other match that took place on apparently Tuesday night although this is the first I'm hearing about it uh, Patronato got a 2-1 win over Gimnasia in, I mean, fuck knows where Ushuaia or somewhere probably um, that seems to be oh, Newell's beat Andosivi 4-2 in the round of 32 uh, last week yeah. I don't know what they got back at the United. Honestly, what a strange competition. Um, anyway, moving on to the Copa Libertadores. Um, not been a great week for Argentine sides. Two of them have gone out. One of them, of course, went out to another Argentine side, as we've already mentioned. So, second legs went Flamengo 1, Corinthians 0 for a 3 0 aggregate win for, for Flamengo. Yep. Which um, could have been a lot more. It could have been a lot more, yeah. Uh, Tacheres oh. nil, Belles won. That one also could have been a lot more from the. I no, I watched most of it actually, and I thought Belles were pretty well on top, but we'll get onto it properly in a minute. But that meant that Belles uh, went through 4 2 on aggregate. Palmeiras nil, Atletico Mineiro nil. Um, that was fun. A lot of good kicks. Oh, yeah, right. oh, it was amazing. Yeah. It was a Danilo's. It was poets in motion. Matias Saraccio. Yeah. If, um, if someone said to me, like, if Zaracho wasn't actually made of elastic, uh, that could have really hurt. Mm. And he went for it as well. Like, it was about the third attempt that he finally Damn. got his boot on Zaracho. Was this when he, down. The, the red card for Daniel? Yes. Yeah. And then the second red card was pretty horrific as well. Yeah, Not yeah. quite as horrific, but 
Yeah, there were red cards for Danilo and Gustavo Scarpa on the Palmeiras side, and there was a red card right at the very end for Eduardo Vargas for arguing. Surprise, surprise, if you can imagine such a thing as Eduardo Vargas getting into an argument um, for Atletico Mineiro before Palmeiras advanced 6-5 in the shoot. I'm hoping it's 6-5, yes. not so for score, just adding the shootout to the aggregate score anyway, uh, in the shootout. So the reigning champions are through to continue their reign of terror, really, in, in the Libertadores over the last few years. And as we hinted at earlier, Estudiantes nil Atletico Paranaense won with a goal with... I mean, it wasn't the last touch of the game because the referee decided to inexplicably add on about five minutes more after it had been scored than he said he was already going to add on, but it should have been roughly the last kick of the game, um, to go through with a 1-0 aggregate win. So, shall we discuss Tacheres Vélez first, Jim? Sure. I mean, I think that it was a pretty uncontroversial in that the, winner, the winning team were the better team over the course of the two legs, really. Yeah, I think that's beyond... Um... Beyond too much discussion, uh, neither team have shown particularly great football in really this entire year in Argentina, but they've they've been solid enough in the Libertadores, and I thought Vélez just put in a very professional performance, didn't give much up, and always look the more threatening team, as mm. you said. Um, I don't know if that's going to be enough to beat Flamengo in the next round, um, but good luck. They're probably going to need it. Yeah, it does of course mean that Tacheres have uh, spoiled the Portuguese manager charm because Pedro Caixinha is now out. Although you could argue that um, that was Corinthians' fault because the previous night Vitor Pereira failed yeah, to yeah. take down a Brazilian. Yeah, uh, very true. Dorival Junior. Um, anything to add on Tacheres Vélez? No, I think they tried to be. The contender with Palmeiras, Atlético Mineiro, on the on the sparks going around, but mm-hmm. okay. I before beforehand I, I I thought that Vélez would advance because I saw them stronger as a team or, or especially as I said because of Alexander Medina in the bench uh, and not particularly playing nicely, but uh, I yes I, I see them like a, a a team made for cups perhaps and not for yeah. for the tournaments. Yeah. And, and they've got a sort of a, a couple of partnerships where, like, if one of them isn't working quite so well, generally speaking, another of them will, will function pretty well together. So in both legs, really, I thought against Tacheres, Lucas Prato, and, and the two Lucases, Prato and Hanson, stepped up. Obviously, Hanson was man of the match by a very long way in the mm-hmm. first leg. Um, but, you know, if one of them is slightly off his day, while their ball tends to be a little bit better, he, he wasn't particularly brilliant the other night. Um, but it's a good, good hiring, a good sign for, for, for the team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, it just sort of keeps everybody in, in rhythm. And Nicolas Garachalde is a player whose rise has kind of coincided with this period over the last couple of years where I've been finally getting lots of work that isn't anything to do with football. And so I feel like I've kind of missed out on him a bit. But he's, according to this, he's 23. Um, and from what I've seen of him in the last couple of weeks, I've been, he looks like a pretty handy little midfielder. Whether he's going to turn out to be one of these people who looks amazing at Vélez and then goes abroad and... There have been many of them, yeah. Of which, you know, there have been enough to write a couple of books about. Um, I don't know, but to me it looks alright at the moment. What's he needs Vélez? It'll be shit, don't worry. Um, I think that the, that the, the kids and or 
not so kids, but the ones that are uh, expecting their 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 time in the bench uh, are they are basically having that that good mixture between players that are perhaps are starting, but then the others who come to the to the to the matches are equally uh, are at the same level or, yeah. or similar. Uh, and yeah. the kids, especially that I, I remember, I guess River, especially that Abdel Osorio, the it's like Wanchope uh, Avila in terms of the physical mm. form, but but quite agile at the same time. And and when when Medina uh, decided for him to come to the match, it was like quick and 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 and, and passing the defenders like uh, uh, with much more speed than, than them. So that those details I think that are are are. The, the, what makes also to the team and and, and what surprised me uh, talking uh, about the previous round against River because I watched, I, uh, but uh, I think yeah there is a good uh, perhaps a management management of the of the of the full squad for from Medina. Yeah, uh, Estudiantes versus Atlético. We already talked a little bit about it, but I mean I think it it it. it bears some conversation. Estudiantes didn't get so much get mugged as just wander down a dark alley with their wallets in their hands asking <laughs> where the wallet inspector was because they've been asked to hand it over. Um, there was a goal disallowed by VAR which I don't think should have been disallowed. I think, no, I think, I think it should. I mean, the, the, the goalkeeper could clearly had, had a view of the ball leaving the guy's foot and had no obstruction and he was in terms of getting along his line to push it around the post. So I, I think can't should, see why. I think it should have been disallowed. I think it's good. Why? Because the Suyantes player make a movement that make the... the to move the, away from the ball. Yeah, made the keeper down. But he wasn't getting in the keeper's way. The keeper's just trying to dive along the line. Yeah, but when you're a keeper and you see a player moving, to, mm, even okay. if you're moving towards and not the ball, you're going to think the, the player's going to go to the ball. Could have gone either way. So it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna tamper his reaction time it, because the the way he dives is a little bit like doubtful, like the trying to go to the ball. Okay, I could go either good. way on the goal. But I do think is that the penalty call was a penalty. Uh, that did Which? seem like a fairly clear handball. Which, Which <laughs> uh, for Estudiantes, just before the goal, they had a VAR penalty shot, which was turned down as well. Oh yes, they no. did. Yes. Oh yeah. And I thought that was clearer than. than yeah, that was that was more. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But a fun piece of trivia about that game: Vitor Roque, uh, who scored the only goal of the the night. The younger player to score in the semi final, in the quarter final. He was minus ten years old when Luis Felipe Scolari won his last Copa Libertadores. Yeah. Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. And Scolari last won this in nineteen ninety five. Did he? Has he not won one? No, he didn't. No. Sorry. Yeah, 99, he won 99999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
based on what we've seen in the quarters, I really am struggling to see how anybody is going to take this off Palmeiras. It's going to be tough. Ah, oh, one more thing about the Estudiantes game, and I'm remembering this off the top of my head, so I could be wrong. I believe it's Estudiantes' first away defeat in a knockout tie since something stupid like 1971. Away defeat? Never at home, though. Yeah, first home defeat, that's what I'm oh, saying. Right, oh, right. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yes. It is, yeah. Oh, wow. Or Agreed. perhaps ever. I can't remember what the exact numbers were, but it's ridiculous. more than 50. It's ridiculous, yeah. 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 Huh. Never never been beaten before at home, almost. Can, can any of us imagine a situation in which it's not a repeat of last year's final, at least Flamingo versus Palmeiras? I mean, I'm, I'm I think that Venice will put things difficult to Flamingo, but, yeah? but no, there is no... For me, no way for Romingo not to advance and Palmeiras. I suppose, logically speaking, the whole way through, we've been looking at Vélez's league form and going, they shouldn't be going through. <laughs> and, and they've continued to do so. Admittedly, it's Maybe that's the way. River and Tachera is the last two rounds. I think Flamengo are going to be a step up. Yeah. What I would say about the other game is that if anyone's capable of just out oh, anti-footballing Palmeiras <laughs> and squeaking through somehow, it would be Scolani. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, but it's going to be difficult. I, I hope you've all found the last couple of minutes an excellent advert for why you should start watching the Libertadores at this year's semi-finals and expect some beautiful, flowing football. Watch Flamengo, because they've just got a ridiculously good team and yeah, keep yeah. adding really good players to and it they, every week. They, they have the... Uh, even the, 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 they have signed Arturo Vidal and, they, and he's in the bench and, mm. this is, and it's okay and... Uh, when Boca was expecting for him, it was have the you you start playing right now and and Flamengo is well yes go to the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's a Boca, you'd already have a statue by now, probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. Their lineup for the second leg um, against Corinthians was Santos in goal, who I can't express an opinion on. Jodine, David Luiz. I'm basically doing this because I enjoy pronouncing Brazilian names <laughs> as if I've had a stroke. Leo Pereira, Felipe Luiz. Everton Ribeiro, Thiago Maia, João Gomes, Josian de... Okay, I'll say this one in Spanish because he is Uruguayan. Josian de Arrascaeta, Pedro and Gabriel Barbosa. Arrascaeta um, was on fire in that game. In both yeah, legs, really. Yeah. Yeah. The second leg in particular just rude. ripped it out. I saw like, the last half hour of that match. Was, was it last week we talked about him and why the hell no... Maybe a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, yeah, I made the point that I just can't understand how he's reached the age of whatever he is, like 27, 28, mm. and there's never, as far as I'm aware, been a, a whisper of him going to a European team. I just, I mean, Flamingo also get, got Thiago Maia, who was taught as a wonder kid in Brazil, mm. he left for France, and now he's back in, I mean, they, they have that pool, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, they're basically paying European wages with the promise of uh, Winning the Which I think we said when uh, I said when we talked about the Arcades, European wages plus Luardores semi finals final every year. Yeah, plus, it's a pretty potent mix. Plus living in Rio and plus living, you yeah. To play your home matches in the Maracana. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's Flamengo's. Uh, they, they, their budget and their salaries are being paid by, by companies or. or I you know? have no idea how they're uh, funding it all. I know that. Allegedly, the team with more fans than anyone else on the face of the planet, which is what yeah, always. Oh, the members always said yeah. that, but I question that. Yeah, it, yeah, it's obviously questionable, and depends how you how you measure it. But it's clear they have a massive fan base. Yes, um, 
they play their home games in the Maracanã, so you know, yeah. getting yes. gate receipts shouldn't be a problem. And they wouldn't have had to pay for the construction of the stadium because no, I doubt they even pay rent. Yeah. Knowing how these kind of football municipality deals Basically, tend to go down, they're the Brazilian West Ham. They've got a stadium they didn't have to pay for, mm. benefiting for it for free. And they're oh, okay, well, Man City maybe a similar situation, and they're really rich um, by local standards. <clears throat> anyway, the semi-final first legs are going to be played in the week of the thirtieth of August. Mm. Uh, and the second leg is going to be played the week after that. Damas. Right when I'm on holiday. Yeah, I was going to say it's right when you're in England. Right, well, I'm not so going to be watching them games at two o'clock in the morning. I'm not sure exactly. Someone tell me what's going what on. our coverage uh, is going to be like for those. How long are you away for? Three weeks. Three weeks. Um, for those three weeks, but we're going to try and record, I guess, at least one. So I'll possibly have to be over Zoom, but we'll see. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Tony. Yes. Talk about Copa America Femenina. Yes. Please go into this in uh, some detail, but also bear in mind that Dan and I did a hand pod extra on this, which, as I said, is going to be going online on the last day of this month, because I have uploaded them all now and I've scheduled the release dates. Oh, wonderful. Um, so, you know, I should try not to contradict you? Or? Try to <laughs> guess some of the things that we might have been coming out with based on the match and a half that we managed to watch at the tournament. Excellent. And don't say anything that will make us sound stupid. Excellent. Thank you. Um, well, Brazil won. Yes. Price of no one. <laughs> Falling off my chair, let me just pick myself up off the floor after my... This yeah. is the insight we invite you on for. Yeah. Um, but I was a little bit surprised. I, surprised in the way that, talking about the, the overall tournament, that Brazil wasn't playing like Brazil. They beat Colombia like 1-0. 1-0. Yeah. Which is obviously the work of Pia Sunhage as the, as the head coach. Uh, she won two World Cups with the United States and has won a silver medal with the United States and won bronze medal with Sweden. Mm-hmm. Not playing flashy football, just you know, being gritty and knowing when to attack, when to defend, and they know the work they have to do. And this might sound a little bit um, Weird, but not having Marta, Formiga, and the old squad, Cristiane, uh, help because she has a young, younger squad to mold in that that way mm-hmm. and be more uh, stable. And that was shown by the the the, the friendlies against Sweden, the friendlies against Denmark that were close to winning. They were trying to get to the level of the actual elite of women's football that most of us were able to see in the Euros. Yeah, that's, so I, I kind of had a question about that, where Brazil's, I suppose they're, they're in a, a strange situation in that their real aim is to try and get back onto the level of, of yeah. you know, the level that now the top European sides have kind of, you could say, overtaken them as, as yeah. the next best teams apart from the US, right? Whereas 15, 20 years ago, yeah, it was yeah. the US and Brazil and maybe Canada. And exactly, yeah. Um, so they're aiming to get back onto the European level. And in this competition... They've had to do it against teams who are not on Brazil's level, and so they're almost having to approach each game as if it's going to be more competitive than they know it's going to be. And yeah. they, they've deliberately, to, to me, right? It seemed like I've only really caught highlights of, of their matches, but it seemed like they were playing in a way that was like if they just cut loose, then they know that they could have won every match four or five yeah. nil. But they were trying to play in a more structured way because they were like, "This is how we're going to want to play when we're playing." Sweden. Exactly. England, yeah, they're trying to get the DNA year. into the team, right. uh, regardless of the result, because 
the, a perfect example of how much damage can uh, Brazil do to any team in South America. It's a, they score right away from the kickoff against Peru after a 12-pass uh, sequence. They took like 37 seconds to score a beautiful goal. Right. They can still they can still be uh, playing with Flair and playing with, with with the Brazilian way, but they added that to the to to balance that. And I think Pias did a wonderful job, which a testament of even if they're not perfect, what Brazil is doing uh, as a confederation supporting the the national team is gonna have some some rewards surely. Mm -hmm. And the final was against Colombia, which is not a surprise. They played two friendlies against the United States. I'll have an American here. They can attest to what I'm about to say. And especially in the second one, they were head-to-head -head against the United States. Mm. Uh, they were really trying to score against the United States, which will be the first goal. If they did it, it will be the first goal that Colombia ever uh, scored in, against the United States in years. Um, so it was obvious that the final will be between those two teams. Uh, and then Argentina was a bit of a surprise. Uh, they were too reliant, in my opinion, to Shamir Rodriguez. They really got in, into some good form, especially on, on the physical side. Yeah. She looked really quick and really uh, damaging to, to the defenses. Uh, she got a really good understanding with, with, with Vanini, particularly. Um, and that was the strong part of Argentina, with the obvious, besides the obvious, which is Vani Correa in the goal, and two centre-backs, and Diana Falfan. Playing the six, even being an eight, um, she did really well for being asked to play a different position. And copying a little bit of the of the male team, asking Bon Segundo to be the depot of that team, knowing doing a lot of the dirty work but in defense and attack, picking up balls and being annoying to the defenses and being annoying to the to the strikers of the other team and trying to glue that all together. And scoring a couple of Important yeah, scoring is still scoring. In Portugal, she did it against Scotland. She now did it against Paraguay, and I think it's it's a, the good things of Argentina were those. Um, I still have some questions in right back. Didn't settle into one. Uh, playing Chavez against Colombia was a mistake, especially in the form that Linda Caicedo was uh, into that dribbling everything in her way mm -hmm. with only seventeen years old, which is a little bit. Um, Staggering, you know, seeing a seventeen-year-old playing like that—it's it's incredible. Um, and she got a red card, which was all for all to see, except the, the coach that didn't take her off. Uh, and the subs were a little bit questionable. And the other problem that Argentina has is doesn't have a good nine, like a, a nine that you will say, okay, he's got, she's going to score at least one goal every three games yep. because Lavica didn't, uh, Solheimers didn't. Uh, Lo Negro got only a couple of minutes, but at least she scored in a couple of minutes. She she was able to do it, and I think that are the main questions going into the seven eight months before the real preparations for the World Cup, which is right around the corner. Mm. Other teams surprised me. Paraguay were super gritty and play playing wood football when they attacked it. They tried to attack, they did it, and uh, probably the disappointment of the tournament were between Venezuela and Chile. Uh, Chile with basically the same team, the same squad, they qualify both for the World Cups and the Olympics, playing really slow, boring football. That was awful to see. And the coaches in South America, they're not top level, which is only one right now, have the same kind of 
uh, vices, not doing subs in the right way or tr trying to, to wait too long to see how the game unfold. Uh, even Colombia did it. Colombia, most of the subs were after the 85 minutes, mm. uh, unless it's a big injury or something like that, uh, which is kind of surprising because they did have some good talent on, on, on the bench to maybe change the course of the games, uh, but they, uh, Abadia didn't. Um, Porta Nova have made bad uh, substitutions. Uh, the, the Chilean manager was all over the place. And Venezuela did a bit of a step forward, but still like always like drowning in <laughs> just when I'm about to reach the the shore and um, relying too much on Dana Castellanos. But I think if they can keep pushing and keep having some support, they're going to get to the to the World Cup sooner rather than later. And they have, a, I think, a better structure and a better idea than the male counterpart. In that department, I think that the, the women's football are going to have more... They might give some good times to the Venezuelan people in that regard than the male one. Uh, that's the overall of the Copa America, in, in my opinion. If you want me to compare it to the Euros, there's no comparison at all, at all, at all. Um, but well, I think... I, I guess the, the most obvious or the most worthwhile or interesting question to ask in terms of the comparison is just, so next year we're going to have the uh, Finalissima Femenina. Yeah. How would you expect that to go? I think Brazil can can do something against England, right. but for for example, for some accident of football, Colombia were the winners, hmm. or all all the team, I will say yeah, England's gonna win, right? No question about it. But Brazil has it's gonna be an interesting match because there are two really good coaches in in Piazon Hagen and and Serena Bigman hmm. to make a really interesting tactical match, and it's gonna be a really good watch to. To anyone, and really hope they play in South America because I think that will be the right. I think it's in Europe. It's gonna be in Europe probably because they're, they're doing something with the under twenties where they're playing the equivalents in yeah. um, South America or something. So I don't know whether, but I, th I think I read that the the finalissima. Yeah, be in Europe but it, would it be fun if we play in the one with I think I, I hope at the very least that they decide to alternate it so that yeah. like the next finalissima get paid played down here. Um, and yeah, I mean, the other questions were just like, I mean, a bit more Argentina specific, like we made the point in, in our WhatsApp group, or I made the point and to, to you at one point, I think you agreed that um, there were kind of, it, it's promising, Argentina are nicer to watch than they were, say, around the time of the last World Cup. But there are still some times where you kind of look at them and you think it's a bit Borrello ball still, yeah. even though he's no longer in charge. Like, and I just want them to go like, Put your pony on at half time, or yeah. give her give her a start. Like yeah. she's twenty three now or something, isn't she? She can or twenty one or something. She's twenty one. Yeah, she's, she's, she, not, she's she, not a kid anymore. She can. She got her. less than two hundred minutes in this tournament, which is baffling. Yeah, and whenever you do see her, it's not she's. You should be trying to build the team around her for the next ten years. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, I think part of it was a little bit of being scared not to get to the goal. There was a little bit defensive minded, but at the same time it isn't. It was really weird. Uh, like I said, playing an eight as a five, trying to build up um, some, or, or trying to help the build up, but Falfan is not Lorena Benitez. And trying to replace one player and say, okay, play like Lorena Benitez. In any case in football, it's not gonna happen. Even if you get Leo Messi and suddenly you lost Cristiano Ronaldo, you're not gonna ask Leo Messi to play like Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. 
and I'm, I'm, I'm obviously being a hyperbolic on that, but that never never going to happen unless you clone the player. No, well, you can't ask Christian Eriksen to play like Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you want to tell Tim Hagler? Did some research um, into that last weekend. But but yeah, uh, that. It, but we never we never had to forget that uh, Borrell is still around. He's like the head of the women's national team. He picked, oh, oh, okay, I didn't know that. So. Yeah, he's like the Bilardo fold in or Menotti now. Brilliant. And that was always that was such a healthy setup the way they held that before. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and the, the, those problems are, are more clear in in the younger uh, setups because Argentina didn't qualify for the under twenty World Cup that is being played right now or the under seventeen World Cup that is going to play in two months. Mm-hmm. And we have the talent. We have we have really good players in the in younger players. Yeah. And the way the under twenties went went out was catastrophic with two red cards and, and a lot of really silly situations. And the head coach of that team was Portanova in place. Right. So I know, just questions I have that I know when are gonna be answered, but hopefully they they find. Particularly the having a good squad is gonna be key. Having a good right back and so make have a solution for the striker is gonna be really important for the World Cup. You cannot think that Xamil Rodriguez is going to have the same kind of performances because obviously Copa America is one thing and the World is really yeah. another. Uh, oh, the other question I had was how tall is, is Sole Jaimes? Because I've seen a couple of different <laughs> heights quoted for her online. And until I looked up how tall she was, I thought she was like our height. Also, like she's she our like height, yeah. She's like a fucking beanpole compared with all the other players. I, I looked one up and it said she was five foot nine. And I was she's like, one centimetre. She's five foot nine. She's one centimetre shorter than me. Okay. Right. So, so one eighty four, yeah. Okay, great. So yeah, she's about what Dan's Dan's on my Yeah, no, because I I, I, saw, I I looked it up and it said she was five, which is like five nine, which is about what one seventy five or something. I was like, no, no, no. The no, others no. must she's... all be absolutely minute. <laughs> no, no, no. Because yeah. Uh, there are a couple of, of little ones. Uh, one of the keepers of Uruguay is 117. Uh, it's 170, sorry. She's playing in goal. She's playing in goal. She was really good. Really good, yeah. Uh, and the final one, just to clear this up, because we had so many discussions about this while the tournament was going on. Argentina, by finishing third, have qualified for the World Cup yes. automatically and the Pan American Games. Yes. And they missed out on the Olympics because the Olympics was just the two finals. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Good, right, we've finally gone through that. <laughs> I, I was trying to work it yeah, out. Yeah, the, the qualifiers for the Panamericanos were Argentina, Paraguay, uh, Venezuela. And Venezuela got it because Chile was automatically qualified because they were the organizers. Yes. So regardless of the result of that game, the fifth place game, Venezuela was in. And they had the fifth place game anyway, just because. No, because the winner goes to the um, intercontinental playoff. So Paraguay and, and, course, and yeah, Paraguay and Chile go to Intercontinental Playoff for the World Cup, which to remind you all, is going to be in February. It's going to be played by ten teams, plus Australia and New Zealand as guests. Oh wait, so is it one like group stage rather than a? It's going to be. Uh, it's it's going to be the draw in, in August, right. which has obviously the group stage of the of the World Cup, but plus for, uh, taking into account the FIFA ranking, they're going to be like. Three birds playing two teams, uh, one team, sorry, and that winner gonna play with the best uh, seeded in like at the semi final. And the winner of that game is gonna qualify for the World Cup. 
Yeah, that's the fifth movement. But they're gonna they're gonna play as one big group stage. No, no, no. It's automatically elimination. Okay, and they're going to look at who's highest ranked and then go, right, you lot aren't playing. Uh, having qualified for the playoff, you're now not going to play a match. Yeah. You know? they're gonna, the, those, those teams that are higher qualified are going to play a friendly against Australia and New Zealand. Before that match. Uh, yeah, I know. That's FIFA for you. They also moved. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that also made the World Cup once, one day sooner for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> The stuff they think they can get away with because it's only women's football. Like, can you imagine if they did that in the men's game? They try to because they're they're probably they're, it they try to because yeah, the, the the idea to move the World Cup one day sooner so Qatar and Ecuador oh, no, yeah, I mean, are gonna play. Two weeks before the 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 FIFA wanted to move the the women's World Cup from June to December. Wow. Okay. So it's gonna Where's be. It being held? In Australia, New Zealand. Oh, right. Okay. So it's so it's I mean, it has some sense, but come on. Yeah. It's but eight it's months away. Come on. In, in somewhere in Australia. Too. Yeah, but it's eight, <laughs> month, eight, it's, it's eight months away. What's the... Mm. All the planning goes to shit. Um, and having mentioned men's football just then, I have reminded myself of one last piece of news that we need to give you, which is Brazil versus Argentina in the World Cup qualifying, the men's World Cup qualifying, mm. is off. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yes. Yeah, it's not It's not absolutely definitely off yet. I think we're still waiting for a final decision, but both the AFA and the CBF uh, have requested that it not be played. Um, although apparently there are some CBF directors who do still want it to be played, but both managers and uh, Chiki Tapia and also I think at least somebody in the CBF um, has said that they don't want it to be played. Mostly because, I mean partly because it's just, Silly, like both yeah, teams are in. Silly, it's yeah. not going to affect any standings. Who cares? And partly because both managers don't want to run the risk of playing a competitive, competitive, yeah. in inverted commas, oh, taking the knee. Uh, oh, oh, mm-hmm. so there's another match kicking off. Look at you, But yeah, neither manager wants to run the risk of playing a competitive, in inverted commas, match so soon before the World Do Cup, which could result in players getting. Are, are we aware that Argentina needs to lose before the World Cup, right? See, I, well, I asked this on the WhatsApp group, and Santi and, and a couple of other people, I can't remember who, said... Didn't have no, him down for a no, superstitious... Keep, keep him running. I'm from the interior. I, I fear the Luz Mala. I'm, I'm, just, I'm not superstitious at all. Get I, just the the question, yeah. I just put the question to the WhatsApp group, which includes lots of... That's what I'm saying. I'm surprised to hear Tony... Um, I think we should. I think we should. It's going to take a lot of pressure off, in my opinion. It does mean that Argentina and Brazil now both have to organise friendlies in that international uh, window when yeah. all of the European nations are taken so there's been talk of Argentina probably possibly organising a friendly somewhere in the it's, Middle East against like Oman it's historical. or possibly organising one in the United oh. States against somebody yeah didn't they say they were going to have one in Australia uh, they were supposed yeah. to play Brazil in Australia yeah. and they started but they the Australians started, started selling, selling tickets for it before it had been 100% it's historical. and then somebody in the AFA apparently went no, we've not signed anything about this yet. We're pulling out. It's historic for Argentina to play weak rivals before the World Cup mm. so that they win and they go with a yeah. high... Uh, Are you saying that a man is weak? You sure? Yeah. Are you, have you seen a man? <laughs> no, okay. Don't oh, say anything then. The one, oh, <laughs> usually it was Israel, the, the rival. Uh, they, they picked. So that, yeah, they, let's, let's win, let's defeat Israel and then we will go to the World Cup. 
Nicaragua yeah. and the Trinidad and Tobago and the Monumental. I remember that. The Soccer Warriors. He don't I actually, I actually, I actually met uh, Ken Wynn Jones a couple of weeks ago. Oh, wow. Obviously, digitally, right? right? Obviously, oh, right, okay. it's, it's yeah. not like I went to the. It's not like I went to the subway and yeah. uh, okay, we're done. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of the first games I went to after I moved here was Argentina Canada before the twenty ten World Cup, which was uh, I think four 0 Yeah, something. Like I, I only remember this a few years ago because I I came across I was scrolling I think I must have been on my my old Flickr stream or something getting some pictures off that. And I came across pictures of it. And was like, hang on, I went to this game. Like, this game took place. I got like. And look but, at what yeah. Canada, have da- Canada have done in those 12 years. Exactly. Right. World Cup fodder to World Cup participants in their own right. Indeed. Who would have thunk it? Uh, shall we move on to And this actually, uh, sorry for this little bit of information, yeah. but uh, the Canada coach, the first coach to qualify and probably participate uh, with a team in both the males and women's World Cup. Oh, cool. Mm. He was the, the coach before Beth Priestman took over in the Canada women's yeah. uh, national team. Brilliant. That was interesting. So he's good, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Listeners' questions? Yes. Sure. We've had one. It's from Tom Robinson, who says, have you ever set a car on fire? Yes. You have? Yes. Oh, you're from the interior. Intentionally or unintentionally? <laughs> it almost doesn't count. It, it, was, it, it was intentionally to an abandoned car. And oh, did. yeah, I did that as well. Yeah. Ah, look at that. Oh, we'll see you go around uh, letting air, the air out of tyres. Well, your insurance company is now... What's safe. that? No, we know that. What's that? <laughs> you said you never found an old car in the woods, Sam, and just thought, what would happen if I drove <laughs> No, you see, I, I was a far more scared child than you were. Right. The question but, is, no. do you. I know lots did of you, people who did. Did you murder a car? That's the real question. Did I murder? I think it was already dead. Okay, mine too. So. Yeah. No. Uh, me and my mates used to go around letting the air out of truck tyres and stuff and used to get chased by very scary, <laughs> burly men. Uh, but we never got caught. We've had one other question, which is from Jamie, who says, did Tommy bring the cheap Fernet or Branca for the recording? Uh, I did not bring the Fernet. No. Uh, I sorted out the Fernet because uh, now that we've got guests, I thought I'd buy the nice Fernet. But you did bring chorizos. Not Branca. So you know, chorizos, so we're going to be having those afterwards. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, Jamie, I've discovered this really nice Fernet that's, that's artisan on a much nicer than Branca and currently much, much cheaper than Branca <laughs> as well. <laughs> Because the shop that sells it near Dan's place clearly haven't updated their prices in several months. Um, <laughs> discovered it about six months after you and Phil were here in late 2019 uh, during lockdown. So, yeah, that's why you didn't get to have it. But, yes, it is nice in the brand. Come back. That's it. Um, Should we move on to Mystic Sam or does anybody have anything to add? Nothing to add. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I just, this is the first listeners' questions, it feels like, in ages that we haven't had any questions from Perfect Tommy. Tommy, do you have any questions for us? <laughs> uh, I, I stuck with Tony earlier. Have there been players, I'm sure there have, but players that have gone from river to Boca, Boca to river, and like, what's the reaction that like, like the fans like instantly turn on them? Did they? It depends uh, on depends the, the player. player. Like Joe Damayana, for one, um, won the league at Boca and then went to River and Did he go from Boca to River? No, he had a No, club he went to Mexico. Mexico, yes. He went to Mexico, yeah. Batistuta. Batistuta's one comes to mind. La Torre. straight to Boca and it went all right for him. Oscar yeah. Rocheri. Rocheri. Yeah. No, he was hated. He was hated, La Torre. Yes. Uh, La Torre, um, Rocheri. Yeah, it seems like it probably happened maybe a little bit more and it was more of a binder contention. The thing is, thing is from, from a couple of players from Boca, besides Rocheri, now I don't remember which one were, uh, Went to River on a free, mm. did the 
the sod Campbell and, right. and, and, <laughs> and rerun Bogart. Yeah. I, f- I feel like we have to really ask Andres this though because he's more likely to. I don't remember if Sergio Berti, the Sergio Berti. Right. Berti was the from Boca to River. And I remember the other way around, uh, the Uruguay and Cedres from River Cedres. to Boca. But so uh, that doesn't happen now, no. really. No. I, 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 rem- I kind of I feel re- like it's, it's been getting. I mean, and also my father in law. Yeah, well, I have a. I'm in a civil, civil union with my girlfriend, so I think I can call it my father-in-law. There is a law involved, at least. He might not like that, but no, I'm joking. He, he does. Um, but yeah, he, 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 as I've mentioned many times before, is a Boca fan. Uh, and he's made the point to me that the rivalry when he was a kid was never anywhere near mm. as vitriolic and like yeah. hate-filled. It was obviously there, you know, like River and Boca were the two great rivals of each other. Mm. Um, but it was you never got any of this nonsense with like the Banner of Rabbit shooting each other and yeah. fans just going off on it completely and all that sort of shit so well I wonder yeah. if to a point it's not also a tip just a, an issue of economics to put it simply a player at Boca mm-hmm. who is good enough to play for River is out of River's price range and vice versa yeah true yeah they've got to already have them in order to be able to afford them yeah hmm. I think it's it's part of it aside from the big issue of yeah, fans wouldn't be happy at all yeah. Yes, in the last decade there were players that didn't went, didn't go straight from Boca to River, but for example, Jonathan Maidana, who is now a symbol of River, started playing for Boca, similar to, for example, well, not symbol, but Nicolas Bartolo played, started playing for Boca and then went to River. Prato. I was going to say Prato, who say, well, Boca, well, yes, I started there, but it's, it was, it's just one more club. And, when play for River and and won Copa Libertadores twenty eighteen, it was like. It's interesting that happened more with River than with Boca. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah, it's more a, one way than the other. Ones for Boca who started out in the River. I feel like there's been at least one that I'm forgetting in the like the last two or three years. But right. yeah, my mind is not working right now in that in that regard. Yeah. Mm. Uh, should we do Mystic Sam? Sure. Yes. If you like. Okay, I think that Godoy Cruz will beat Aldosibi. I think that Colón and Arsenal will draw. I think that Atletico Tucumán are going to beat Central Córdoba. Huracán are going to win, I think, probably quite comfortably against Sarmiento. Uh, Platense ought to beat Banfield by a couple of goals. Um, if you're wondering about the sniggering, then that's, all of those matches have already happened. Patronato versus... Um, I almost said Patronato versus Paraná. Patronato... De, so they went to Brazil. Católica, uh, versus San Lorenzo uh, has kicked off. It is it's the, du- the, du- the duelo católico, perhaps, because San Lorenzo. Uh, the Catholic derby. Okay, good. Oh, I got It's nil nil after seven and a half minutes. I think it's going to be a. I think it's going to be a draw. Defending with DCL versus Tigre is going to be. Defensa Justicia win and Rosario Central versus Barracas Central. The Central. Another Central Classico. We had one a couple of weeks ago between, I think it was Rosario and Central Cordoba. Um, is going to be a win for Carlos Tevez's 
blue and yellow machine. Lanus versus Independiente is a draw. River versus Newells is going to be a draw. Um, on some, are you going to that one, Tommy? Mm-hmm. Uh, at least say it will be a two-two draw. So they... Yeah, no, it'll be entertaining, of course. Neither, be. neither of them can defend, <laughs> so you no, know, it should be. I think yours probably can defend, can't they? They're second or third in the league or something. Uh, where are they? Oh, they're not second or third. No, the they're like fifth, sixth. Thirteenth in the league. Thirteenth? Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm... But they can defend, they've only conceded nine goals in um, Yeah, that's the, the best thing they can do is defend. Yeah. They've got like the yeah, third best uh, defence in the league by the look of it. But yeah, I'm going to go for a, a, a score draw. Uh, and then on Sunday, Belles versus Gimnasia will be a Gimnasia win because it's a Belles game that isn't in the Libertadores. Estudiantes, the oof. Estudiantes versus Tacheres. Who's going to take their anger out on who? Yeah. Uh, Six red cards. Three cards. Three red cards. Yeah. Quite possibly. And then Estudiantes win. I think Argentinos versus Union is an Union win. Um, Pretty close together in the league. Uniona, obviously, they've got a game in hand over Argentinos for reasons that we mentioned earlier, but they're only a point ahead, so it should be one of the better matches of the weekend, I think. And Racing versus Boca is going to be a Racing win. Yay! I think Romero's going to show some sympathy for his old team and just chuck one into the Boca net uh, in like the 91st minute to give you a 1 0 win. And if that happens, then I really am mystic. I, I don't think Romero will be there. Sam's already the said it. It's going to happen. No, but in the t- no, but I don't think he will be in the team because... Sam has said it. <laughs> don't you listen no, to No, Mystic yes. Sam. Mystic Sam. Oh, Sam. Yes. Well, it, then, then it's okay. Yeah. The profit is fine. Exactly. And if he's not in the team, then he's going to run onto the pitch and, and chop the ball in the goal. Yes. I want well, to see that. that. Thank you. Because we're going to that match too. So. Yes. Oh, excellent. That's all right. Of course you are. Yeah, you said. Um, so, I think that's it. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Super, great. Well, thank you for... Oh, just as we say that, San Lorenzo take the lead. So, um, oh, through Bomberger, who we mentioned last week, has one of the, one of the funniest names uh, in Argentine football. Um, yeah, thank you very much indeed for listening, and goodbye from English Town. Goodbye. From Andres. Thank you, goodbye. From Tony. Goodbye. From Tommy. Thank you, goodbye. And from me, thank you, and goodbye. <laughs>